Monday, November 26, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense. We'd rather just laugh at a lot of the things that take place in the sports world whenever possible. Happy Monday to you, and I hope that you were able to get away over the Thanksgiving holiday Get away from work, spend some time with family, spend some time with friends, and relax, enjoy some food, enjoy some sports, because there were a number of things that took place over that long weekend, and we've got a ton of things that we've got to cover today on the show. It was a long Thanksgiving weekend. I enjoyed every single second of it, but it is now Monday, and it is time to get back to work. Now, we've got a number of things to catch up on sports-wise, but... Before we get to any of that stuff, I'm telling you right now, we have a major announcement that we need to make here at The Dose. Yeah, go ahead and play the music. We've got some things coming out here at The Dose that you need to pay attention to. You want to make sure that you are informed on. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Of course, today, November 26th, is the Monday after Thanksgiving, which means what? Which means it is Cyber Monday, which means you can find some of the best deals online just sort of as a way for online retailers to keep up with the stores, you know, from Black Friday. Well, we need to announce something today for Cyber Monday. Thanksgiving is over. We are officially on to the holiday season, and I know you Daily Dose listeners, you have shopping to do. Well, as usual here at the Daily Dose, we are here to help you in your time of need. So here's what you do. You're looking for that perfect present for the sports fan in your life. Go to this website, tpublic.com, T-E-E public, one word, tpublic.com, and just search for Daily Dose, D-A-L-Y-D-O-S-E. And there, at tpublic.com, you will find Daily Dose gear. Great, Odin's Raven. Yes, we do have some Daily Dose gear. We have t-shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve. We have Daily Dose hoodies, regular zip-up hoodies, whatever you want. We have Daily Dose coffee mugs. We have Daily Dose notebooks, cell phone cases, laptop cases, stickers for your car, for your desk, for whatever you want to stick them on. And we may be adding even more items over at TeePublic. If you see something else over there that you see someone else has and you say, hey, why doesn't the Daily Dose have that item? I would really like to buy that item. Just email us here at the show. We will be glad to add it on there for you. The great thing about TeePublic is everything over there is reasonably priced. The items can be shipped to you in plenty of time for the holidays, but it's also quality merchandise. It looks good. You can order Daily Dose gear with our logo on it in pretty much any color out there. So if you want a shirt, you want a hoodie, you want a sweatshirt, you want a mug, you want a laptop case or a cell phone cover, make sure that you head over to tpublic.com and place your order now. You're going to get the Daily Dose gear that you need for the holidays. Now, if you'd like to contact the show and maybe let us know what other items you would like to see over at tpublic.com, hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can also go over to Facebook or Twitter, both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. And, you know, it doesn't have to be about the items over at Tee Public. I know we all have holiday shopping to do, but if you have a question about those, reach out. 
but maybe you've got a list you would like to cover. Maybe you have a certain subject about sports you would like us to cover. Feel free to reach out. We have smart listeners and we would love to hear from you. Today on the show, like we do on so many Mondays, we spent the long Thanksgiving weekend watching sports. And we don't just watch sports with an empty head and just sipping on a beer and not paying attention. We watch sports to actually pick things up, to actually learn things, to actually take something forward from the contest that we watch. And there were a number of things to learn from the weekend in sports. And you know, the biggest thing that stood out to me over this weekend, yes, there were some NFL games. We're going to talk about those. Yes, there were a few other sporting events that took place. Got to talk about a few of those. But the biggest things that were taking place over this weekend in sports were in college football. It was shake up Saturday or Friday or Thursday or whatever it was in the top 10 of college football this week. And we learned a lot from the weekend in college football. The playoff race is now taking some serious shape and you had better get ready for some serious screaming from college football fans because no matter who gets into the college football playoff, someone is getting left out. It's going to be interesting to see. Let's jump in right now because one of the first things we learned in college football this weekend, that those four teams that kept coming in at the top four spots in the college football playoff committee poll, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan, once again, are not going to be going to the playoff. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We discussed this. The four teams that come in at the top, in the top four spots of the third college football playoff committee poll, never end up making it to the final playoff. And when we were watching this all develop this season, we were kind of getting sucked into thinking, it's going to finally happen this year. Alabama looks dominant. Clemson looks dominant. Notre Dame keeps winning. Michigan's defense is really good. And Jim Harbaugh has figured things out. This Michigan team is so much better than we ever imagined they would be. Their only loss is that one seven-point loss to undefeated Notre Dame. So maybe these four teams are going to plow all the way to the playoff. It's going to actually happen this year. No, it's not. Because on Saturday, the Michigan Wolverines had what has to be considered the most disappointing loss of this Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan. Michigan went into their rivalry game on Saturday against Ohio State, ranked number four in the country. They were a four and a half point favorite over the number 10 Buckeyes in Columbus. And Ohio State has looked terrible as of late. The Michigan defense has been getting better every single week. So what happens? Of course, that vaunted Michigan defense that was allowing 13 points per game up to this point gives up 62 points to Ohio State and helps the Buckeyes get all better. Like everything's all good now with Ohio State. Now we have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and Oklahoma all playing in conference championship games. Hey, this isn't all decided yet. Don't look at the top four and think, okay, now we know who's going to be in it. I don't have any idea who's going to be in it. Any one of these teams could lose. And we saw this last week, we learned these top four teams are not a done deal. It is anything but a sure thing. Hey, coming back, we still have a ton to get to in college football. Those conference title games are now set 
And we still have to get to the NFL. We need to talk a little bit of college hoops. And there was a golf event out there this weekend that doesn't sound like anybody really watched. So let's continue with what we learned from the weekend in sports. And let's stay in college football. Because college football right now is getting extremely interesting. Like we are reaching the peak of college football season right now. And we learned a number of things from watching those games this weekend. And another one of the things we learned is that while three of the top four teams, like we just talked about, now are going to be playing in conference championship games, Notre Dame, they're not going to be playing in a conference championship game. And Notre Dame, like it or not, they're going to the college football playoff because they're now done with their regular season and they made it through undefeated. I can't see any scenario that keeps the fighting Irish out of the playoff. I don't know how it could happen. Let's say right now in those conference championships, let's say there's no upsets. So you would end up with Alabama winning. You end up with Clemson winning. You end up with Ohio State winning and you end up with Oklahoma winning. Or whoever. It's not going to affect Notre Dame. Let's say there are upsets galore. Let's say Alabama and Clemson get beat. Well, okay, then Notre Dame is still getting in because they're still undefeated. The only danger that I can see right now for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this year would be if somehow Georgia would just barely beat Alabama in a very, very tight game and the committee saying, you know what? We're going to take two SEC teams. We're going to take a Big Ten winner. We're going to take maybe a Big 12 winner or an ACC winner. And we're going to bump Notre Dame out because they don't have a conference title on their mantle. But I don't think that's very probable that's going to happen. I think Notre Dame is like a 99% lock at this point to get into the college football playoff. Do they belong? Can they play with the big boys? We'll see. But I think they're absolutely getting in. We learned that this weekend. We also learned that a number of college football programs, they're going to be getting new head coaches this year. I know, just like most every single year. Of course, we had already heard that Colorado was firing Mike McIntyre. Louisville had fired Bobby Petrino. Kansas was firing David Beatty. Now, North Carolina has fired Larry Fedora, which is interesting because do you realize in his first five seasons at North Carolina, Larry Fedora was 40 and 25. I mean, that's not bad at a basketball school like Carolina. But then over the past two years, Fedora has gone 5 and 18. He has struggled to get recruits and he is now gone at Carolina. So long, Larry. Then Texas Tech finally fired Cliff Kingsbury who had compiled a 35-40 and 40 record at Lubbock, but he just couldn't get over the hump. It seemed like every single year, Texas Tech was just right at the edge of maybe doing something, and then they never did, and it was usually because they never have any defense. They will be moving on from Kingsbury, and I know that there's a number of schools out there, little schools that have already fired their head coaches. There's going to be more firings coming. Just because you make a bowl game these days doesn't actually mean you've had a ton of success. Because a lot of teams get in bowl games. But we are seeing college football head coaches already getting fired right as soon as the regular season ended. You know, the surprising thing to me is that Southern Cal came out and they say they are not going to fire head coach Clay Helton despite the fact the Trojans went 5-7 and seven and are going to have their first losing season since 2000. Here is what USC Athletic Director Lynn Swan said in a statement. It is my firm belief that we have a good team returning next year and a solid foundation in place. Let me be clear to everyone, our players, our recruits, and our fans, Clay Helton is our head coach, and he will continue to be our head coach. 
I am a strong advocate of consistency within a program, sticking by a leader, supporting them, and helping them and their team improve. I mean, maybe, but losing to UCLA when UCLA is posting one of the worst seasons they have in, I don't know, decades? Yeah, that's not good. And then not even qualifying for a bowl game in a year that the Pac-12 isn't overly strong. Like, you should have at least been able to win six games in the Pac-12. It's not like the Pac-12 is loaded this year by any means. Couldn't do that. And I think the biggest thing that I struggle with with Clay Helton at USC is I see the same mistakes again and again and again, and they don't get fixed. Now, I do think USC is going to at least make him get rid of some coordinators on that staff, but I'm surprised that Southern Cal is not making a move with Clay Helton. I think he's had enough time to do something there, and I thought the screaming would be so loud that they would say, okay, we got to do something. He's not winning as many games as he probably should. Of course, Clay Helton took over the program as just an interim coach back in 2015 when they fired Steve Sarkeesian. He took him to the Pac-12 championship game that season. He led the Trojans to a bowl game title in 2016 and a Pac-12 title in 2017, but you're seeing a lot of flaws in his teams. Bad penalties, stupid mental mistakes, underachieving against lesser talented teams. I thought that might be a dagger for Clay Helton. He survives and moves on. We'll see if that ends up being the right decision. Finally, in college football, we learned that a few teams are not going to be going bowling this year, which is pretty amazing because 81 teams right now are bowl eligible. And there are 39 bowl games. So 78 of the 81 teams are going to bowl games this year. It is insane how many bowl games there are. But here are a few teams that are not going to be going to a bowl game this year. The Florida State Seminoles got pounded by Florida on Saturday. They finished the season 5-7. and seven. No bowl for Florida State. Kansas State has been highly disappointing this year. Finally, you're starting to wonder, is head coach Bill Snyder maybe starting to run out of gas a little bit? I mean, the guy is like 174. <laughs> K-State, no bowl game. We talked about Texas Tech earlier, and then firing head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech is getting no bowl game. Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic team is not going to qualify for a bowl game. It's a little bit surprising, because Lane Kiffin, prior to the season, was talking about, eh, we might be pretty good this year. Arizona, no bowl game. Colorado, USC, no bowl games. And Tennessee went 5-7 and seven in Jeremy Pruitt's first season as head coach. They are not going to a bowl game. Kind of interesting. Some of the bigger name programs out there that aren't going to be involved in bowl season whatsoever. Now, you can spin it however you want to. The bottom line is all of these teams underachieved in a huge way. Hey, Tulane is bowl eligible. If Tulane is bowl eligible and you're not, there's a little bit of a problem there. Hey, let's shift over to the NFL, where because of the Thanksgiving holiday, taking three games on that day, it was a little bit more of a quiet weekend in the National Football League, but we were still able to learn some things watching NFL games over the weekend. Now, the first thing I learned was that some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, they seem to be saving some of their biggest mistakes of the season for when they play the Denver Broncos. Last week, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers had a phenomenal game, put up 400 and some yards on the Broncos, but he also threw two bad interceptions against Denver and the Broncos, who were just three and six last week, somehow beat the seven and two Chargers on the road. And then lightning struck twice 
On Sunday, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger threw for 462 yards against the Broncos. But the Steelers only managed 17 points in the game. And they trailed Denver 24-17. to But with about a minute to play, Big Ben led the Steelers inside the Broncos' five-yard line. Hey, let's be real clear. The Steelers are better than Denver. Big Ben is going to find a way to get a touchdown. The 7-2-1 Steelers, they're going to either go to overtime and beat Denver, or they may just go for two and beat Denver to regulation. Either way, we know how this is going to end. The Steelers are better than Denver. They're going to end whatever slim playoff hopes that the Broncos might have had. And then on first and goal from the three-yard line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, this happened. Here's a clip from CBS. Third and goal. Over the top and intercepted! Intercepted by Shelby Harris. An incredible finish. Harris pops out as a D-tackle. And Roethlisberger has a fake... And he's supposed to throw it right behind him. And Harris with the interception of his life. So the Denver Broncos have now beaten the Chargers and the Steelers in back-to-back weeks. Two of the top teams in the AFC. And I'll be honest, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. The Broncos are running the ball pretty effectively. The offensive line is sort of kind of getting better. The defense, they're giving up a ton of yards, but they're coming up with big plays when they have to. I still don't trust this team to do anything this year. But head coach Vance Joseph, he's easily now bought himself another season at the helm because this team is showing improvements. Yes, I realize that this probably just is going to screw up the Broncos' draft status. They're going to be stuck in mediocrity with an average draft pick instead of getting a top pick. But who saw any of this coming? I sure didn't. Not when you lose to the Jets by five touchdowns or whatever that was early in the season. Hey, the Broncos have sort of turned this around. I don't understand it. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because I don't understand it. But for some reason, big-time quarterbacks are making big-time mistakes against this team. Maybe it's just a fluke. I don't even know what to say about it. Next, we learn that Hugh Jackson isn't helping all that much in Cincinnati. Remember when the Cleveland Browns fired head coach Hugh Jackson? And then, like, he was barely even fired. He was barely even leaving the facilities. And the Cincinnati Bengals called up Hugh and said, hey, come join us real quick. Yeah, how's that working out so far? Since hiring Hugh Jackson, the Cincinnati Bengals have lost two games. Not just any games, two divisional games. One to Baltimore on the road, and then yesterday, one to Cleveland in Cincinnati. Hugh. You can't lose to your former team at home. Like of all the things that happen, you find a way to beat the team that just fired you. Hey, we're going to be extra focused this week. I am going to have a way better game plan this week. We are going to come out and we are going to beat that team. It is personal to me this week. No, Hugh Jackson goes out, loses to the Browns at home. And to make things even worse, the Browns were clowning poor Hugh Jackson They intercept the ball, run out of bounds, and hand Hugh the football. That's not right. You can't do that to your former coach. The Cincinnati Bengals are now 5-6. and They have lost five of their last six games. Remember, the Cincinnati Bengals started the year 4-1. and 
Now Andy Dalton is hurt. We don't know how bad. He's got a thumb injury. We'll see how bad that is. But more importantly, that Bengals defense is awful. Is there anything that Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis can do to get fired? I guess we're going to find out because right now the Bengals are circling the drain. They are in some big trouble and bringing over Hugh Jackson. Yeah, that hasn't helped at all. One other thing we learned in the NFL this week was that we learned that the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they might both, well, how do I say this nicely? Okay, they might both suck. Man, that's just mean. So why not just have a fight instead? On Sunday, the Bills beat the Jaguars 24 to 21 to raise their record to 4 and 7. Meanwhile, the Jags fell to 3 and 8 after remember before the season they were talking about how they were going to go undefeated this year. Yeah, that's not going so well. But that actually wasn't the story because this was a dreadful, unwatchable game that produced 287 passing yards total combined. Both teams, guys are doing that in one quarter. These two teams combined for less than 300 yards passing. Anyways, the story in this mess of a game that set offensive football back to the 50s was the huge fight late in the game. They got two of the top players ejected. Here is a clip from CBS. Big play there. Here's Portis taking a shot. Going to Moncrief. Is it a catch? Moncrief has it for the touchdown. Incredible. Unbelievable. 30 yards and now players have to be separated. They're not going to give it up. They're still fighting for it. There's the flag. As now it spills out. This could get ugly. Come on now. Meantime, Moncrief is still on the turf. Yeah, Moncrief, I mean, hey, let it go now. The play is over. The whistle is blown, and you got those two guys still on the ground, don't want to give the ball up. On the clip, it actually wasn't a touchdown. He was just short. But in the aftermath of the play, Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette and Bill's defensive end, Shaq Lawson, had a full-on brawl. Then, the two of them were escorted off their respective sidelines and began yelling at each other as they reached the tunnel. Lawson actually had to be held back by a Bill's official while Fournette was asked to wait before he went into the tunnel. Then he got hit in the shoulder by a fan who had reached out from the stands. Hey, this was a ugly, ugly look for the NFL. I will be shocked if the NFL doesn't deal pretty severely with both of these players, because you cannot have fights spilling into the stands, trying to fight each other in the tunnel, going out of the stadium. That was a really, really bad look. But here's the question that I really have. More important than any of this is the fact that we also learned that neither Shaq Lawson nor Leonard Fournette is truly all that bright. Why in the world do football players try to hit other players in the head? When they have their helmets on. What part of that makes any sense? At least have the sense to go like to the gut. Like go to the groin area. Go! Do something else. Why would you smash up your hands, you morons? If I am wearing a football helmet, I'm literally hoping you try to punch me in the head. Because it's just going to break your hand and it's not going to hurt me one bit. Not a ton of sense in this Jaguars-Bills matchup. Ugly, horrific game that produced... Nothing but a couple of guys trying to sock each other in the helmet. That game was embarrassing, and I'm going to be interested to see what the NFL does with those two players. Hey, coming back, we saw an early college hoops upset that we need to talk about, 
And there was a weekend pay-per-view event that actually kind of rivaled the Floyd Mayweather fight. Well, sort of, I guess. So let's continue with what we learned from a long weekend in sports. And one of the things that we learned was that the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson one-on-one golf matchup was every bit as silly as we all thought it would be. Turner Sports executives spent plenty of time coming up with this suggested pay-per-view event, the match, Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. Now, it actually looks like the company isn't even going to get much broadcasting revenue from the event. Turner issued a statement Saturday night saying they would be issuing refunds for anyone who paid $19.99 to stream this match through Bleacher Report Live. Prior to the start of the event, they say they experienced a technical issue with the Bleacher Report Live paywall page. They couldn't resolve it. They tried to take the page down to ensure that fans who had already purchased the event wouldn't miss any of the action. Unfortunately, the technical issue did occur, and they say now they have to offer fans who purchased it a full refund. It sounds like fans who went to the Bleacher Report Live webpage saw the event while not even being asked to purchase the event, they were able to watch it for free. So the people who paid for it now are saying, wait a second, why weren't you charging them? We all paid for it. So now they have to return all the money from anyone who did actually pay for it. Now, in the match itself, Mickelson won $9 million that he is donating to charity. But here's the bigger question in any of this. Who in the world even wanted to see this? I mean, forget the pay-per-view stuff. Let's just say this was on, I don't know, ABC Wide World of Sports or something. Would you have watched it on Friday? I wasn't watching it. I was watching college football. I had no interest in seeing this. I mean, who even wanted to see this to begin with? What's next? Like a Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson one-on-one pay-per-view event? Again, it would have been great years ago, but it's not all that interesting now. Maybe they could put out another... Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. I'm not interested in seeing that either. Maybe they could release another Hangover movie. Something else I'm not interested in seeing. Like, let's say it's 10 years ago. Let's say it's maybe even 15 years ago. Back to like 2003. Let's go back that far. Maybe then I would have been mildly interested in this. It sure wouldn't have been anything I would purchase pay-per-view to watch. It's golf at the end of the day. It's one-on-one golf at that. It's match play at that. I'm not really interested in any of this. But now, both of these guys are well past their prime. You really think I'm going to pay for that? This was a bad idea from the start. And now, they're not even going to be able to collect the pay-per-view that they did sell for it. At least from one faction. This was a complete and utter mess. Finally, we learned that in college hoops, the Duke Blue Devils are not in fact unbeatable as many people in the sports media world were trying to make us believe. Late last week, the number one Blue Devils were beaten by the number three and much more experienced Gonzaga Bulldogs 89-87 in the Maui Invitational Tournament Championship. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like this Duke team a lot. They are so athletic. They are so talented. And they are so much better defensively than I ever thought they would be. But prior to Duke even playing a game, we were already hearing the sports media world comparing them to some of the greatest college basketball classes of all time. I mean, could we see them play a game first? 
I actually think this loss could help Duke. This could help get their attention and help them listen maybe a little bit more to Mike Krzyzewski. And if that happens, Duke's going to be even more dangerous. This could be a better team after that loss. But I think the Duke Blue Devils right now are just another example of the sports media world telling us silly things. They were telling us things like, this team might be better than the Fab Five. Really? Better than a team that went to two straight national championships while facing teams full of seniors? This Duke team isn't facing teams full of seniors. That Gonzaga team is a more experienced team. They're not just stock full of seniors. That Fab Five Michigan squad, they were facing senior squads. Not to mention the teams at UCLA, at Houston, at Georgetown. We've seen stacked, stacked college basketball classes. Is this one good in this era? Yes. Is it really comparable to those eras? No, because you're not facing the same sort of opposition that those teams were facing. It's a completely different era. And as a result, again, sports media world just slowed down on telling us silly things that don't make sense. These Duke Blue Devils are beatable. I think they're actually going to get better as the year goes on. If you want to beat them, you may want to beat them now because I think they could even get tougher. We haven't really jumped into college hoops full on yet, but college basketball is going to be very, very interesting this year. And I actually can't wait to start talking more and more about it as we get further into the season. Hey, tomorrow on the show, you know, during football season, it does always feel a little rushed to cover all the action we saw over the weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to be taking a look at a few of the biggest winners and losers from the weekend in the NFL and college football. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose on your Monday. Welcome back after the long weekend. For all of you that share the show, thank you so much. It is appreciated. If you're not subscribed to the Daily Dose wherever you listen, please make sure you click that little follow or subscribe button just to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And hey, don't forget to stop by tpublic.com today and get some of that holiday shopping done. You know you need to do it. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.